thinking of starting a podcast? Well, try Anchor. It's free, easy to use, and its creation tools allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or computer. It'll even take care of distribution for you with a single tap so you can be heard on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Also, Anchor is the only place you can publish video podcasts directly to Spotify. Man, you can even make money using Anchor in a couple of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. It's truly everything you need in one place to make a podcast. So make sure to go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome back to another episode of It's Cavalier Podcast. Man, Cavaliers 125-101 victory over the San Antonio Spurs has me feeling really good this morning still. It's just an excellent game to watch. Uh, we'll go ahead and dig right into that in just a moment. But a couple of few updates. Since the last time I recorded, I have become a contributor for the king james gospel of the fan-sided network definitely go check me out on there i have a couple of articles up now one talking about jetty oseman's role with the cavaliers and what's next for him and uh my most recent is a piece on isaiah hartenstein who had an excellent game against the spurs so speaking of that game the real star was Darius Garland. Had a career-high 37 points, dished out 7 assists. Man, does this guy love playing against San Antonio. He set a previous career-high 29 points in their last game against San Antonio in a loss, albeit uh, Kelton Johnson really just destroyed us in that game. But it was different this time around. You got contribution uh, contributions from up and down the roster in this one. Starting lineup rolled out Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, Isaac Okoro, Dean Wade, Kevin Love. Dean Wade is just good luck anytime you see him in the starting lineup. I, that's just something I'm beginning to realize. And when the uh, when the team gets healthy, we know that Dean's going to go back to the bench. But it's just great. It's a great sign to see him out there. Uh, in the starting lineup, it, it usually yields some some good returns, some good results. Dropped four points, grabbed seven rebounds, three assists. Not a big stat line, but he was definitely impactful out there. Colin Sexton uh, didn't have the most efficient game, but he still chipped in 22 points, dished out five assists. Um, already mentioned Darius Garland with the career-high 37, just made everything he shot, really. Uh, he managed to, uh, shoot five and 10 from deep. So that's, that's a very good sign for a Cavalier team. That's deficient in regards to three point shooting. Isaac Okoro, another great game. Hasn't missed a three pointer in the month of April yet. I know there's not very many attempts, but three for three last night, 11 total points, pretty solid defense. Kevin Love still on the minutes restriction, um, nine points, eight rebounds, and that was pretty much it for him. Uh, it's it's just great to see Kevin Love back out there and having a impact. It's it's clear that he's physically not what he once was, and he definitely looks at specific points in the game like he's just kind of slogging through it. And that's understandable, man. He's just 
he's been out so long and has not been able to really get into basketball shape. It's it's only natural that he's, you know, on a men's restriction right now. Now, off the bench, very impressively, as I stated before, Isaiah Hardenstein had a double-double, 16 points, 12 rebounds, and man, can this guy pass the ball. Only had three last night, but he has incredible vision for a man his size. It's clear, very, very clear, ladies and gentlemen, that he picked up something from playing under Nikola Jokic. Just just an excellent passer. He had a couple of... uh, passes last night that didn't exactly lead to assists but they were just beautiful he had one in the post to a cutting Darius Garland uh didn't convert on the shot but it was just a beautiful sight to see especially from uh from a position like center where we know we're not getting a lot in terms of passing um you know with Larry Nance being out and whatnot Torrin Prince uh quietly sneakily 14 points, 7 rebounds. He's really, in back-to-back games, Torrin Prince has really contributed a lot. And keeps playing like this, he's going to play himself right into Cleveland's future. We do have him on the books next season. But, you know, he was really a throw-in when you talk about Jared Allen uh, in that deal. Nobody really expected Torrin Prince to be to figure into the long-term plans of Cleveland. At least I didn't moving, you know, moving forward. But it's really... A, a good sight to see when your bench can really have some some good production. Uh, Matt Dellavedova, very very good to see him. You know, getting extended time on the court. Seventeen minutes last night in a reserve role, dished out five assists. He really is the team's true backup point guard that we had lacked all year long. So I'm glad to see him out there. Is another case of a guy who doesn't quite look basketball ready just yet, but he's out there. He's pushing. He's gritty. He, you know that's just that's Delhi for you. That's that's all Delhi, all grit, all day, all determination out there, uh, impacting games in other ways than statistical categories. That's really all that I have to say in regards to stats for the game. But man, a couple of things, a couple of takeaways from last night. Uh, Darius Garland, in my opinion, is becoming the leader of this squad. We know that Colin Sexton may very well. Uh, be the team's best player and there's there's a case to be made for a couple other guys on the roster there's a case to be made that Larry Nance Jr. is the Cavaliers best player when healthy there's a case to be made that uh, Jared Allen is the Cavaliers best player when healthy but as of right now I'm going to give that distinction to Colin Sexton but the team's leader is Darius Garland the team plays so much better when he is in control of the offense uh, you know that there's going to be a lot of ball movement, and you know that he is going to do what he needs to do to get guys where they need to be. It doesn't help that I mean, it doesn't hurt rather that you have Kevin Love out there um, as a vocal leader, who guy who's won in the past. You know, one of the few remaining uh, championship remnants on this roster. Uh, so, you know, that's one takeaway. Another is that Isaac Okoro's development is, is is going smoothly. Now, I know there's a lot of detractors out there that look at his box score stats, look at his slash line, and say, man, Cavaliers obviously blew this pick. But I don't think that's the case. I think at number five, where they were sitting at, they knew they weren't going to get LaMelo Ball. They knew they weren't going to get James Wiseman. Uh, you know, they're just, they were not going to get one of the top players in this in, in this past draft. And 
really when you look at the talent pool compared to the upcoming 2021 NBA draft, it it's definitely wasn't it, it was a weaker draft. Let's just let's just call it what it is. But in that same spirit, Isaac Okoro was everything the Cavaliers needed at the time. Uh, touted as the best defender in in the draft, really in college at the time, Cleveland definitely needed that. I mean, you're you're starting two undersized guards in Sexton and Garland, uh, respectively, at six foot one, as they're generously listed at, if they're even that tall. Uh, so you had to go defense, right? I mean. They, they didn't really have a choice. Sure, you could have got a guy like Tyrese Halliburton. You could have gone the Obi Toppin route. Um, you know, there's a couple of guys down there that you could have drafted. But I think that not all guys develop at the same speeds. Not all guys come out of the gate pouring in 15-plus points a game. It's just not – it doesn't always happen like that. I know we live in a time – in uh in in the nba where people just want these things from day one but sometimes it just doesn't happen like that cleveland needed defense and they got defense from okoro and anything on the offensive end that they get from him as they have recently is icing on the proverbial cake another takeaway isaiah hartenstein as i read about uh, uh have written about in my latest article was a steal I mean, when you really think about the centerpiece of this trade uh, in which JaVale McGee was sent packing to Denver, I don't think Hartenstein was really the uh, the focal point of the trade. I think that the two second-round picks that the Cavaliers received in exchange for his services were really the focal point of the trade. And I think that Hartenstein was just another body the Cavaliers were maybe thinking that could contribute because we're lacking in size at this point in time. I just don't see how the Cavaliers keep doing this with these centers. They 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 managed to to trade for JaVale McGee prior to the season and in, in what was a kind of a head scratching move. Like he doesn't really fit the current timeline, but JaVale McGee did everything you could have ever asked for him. Actually had solid contributions too. You know he was around I think eight points, around five rebounds a night, and over a block a game. I think one point two blocks, something like that. Don't have the exact stats in front of me, but. In the time that he was playing, the minutes he was playing, uh, he, he provided a lot. And especially when you talk about intangibles, you know, leadership, mentorship, JaVale did everything you could ask for him, didn't complain about his role. Just, you know, every time he came in, he impacted the game somehow. Same Some of these same things that we say about players like, uh, you know, uh, lower end roster guys like Lamar Stevens, who's just a ball of energy. Um, the guys who have a direct impact in no matter how many minutes they play a game, JaVale McGee is that exemplified. He might be like the top, the the tip of the iceberg in terms of guys that Cleveland started the year out uh, with. So Hartenstein definitely is outlived expectations, in my opinion. I really just didn't know what to make of him. Uh, after the trade, I, I just thought maybe, hey, you know, it's another big body to throw out there uh, to eat up some minutes when Jared is, you know, feeling a little tired, needs a breather or something like that. But no, man, he just he passes the ball so well. He has incredible vision, excellent rebounder. Um, I think with the Cavaliers at this point in time, Hartenstein is averaging ten and a half points nine rebounds and a little under eight 
uh, actually, no, scratch that, a little under three assists per game. So 10.5 points, nine rebounds, little under three assists since he's joined the Cavs. That's, that's four game sample size, but still, just couldn't ask for anything more for a young guy that was brought in as more of an afterthought than uh, the focal point of a trade. So Hartenstein can ball. I don't think he will ever challenge Jared Allen for the starting role, but I do think that he has played himself into a core piece, a core member of the Cavaliers moving forward. Another thing that kind of uh, really, really started to make me think was the fact that JB, man, he's going to have a very, very tough time trying to sort this rotation out once the team has returned to full strength. Now, I know that seems like a pretty simplified question or really, you know, an answer to that question, but it's not. I mean, you look at the the front court in particular, and that's really where the problems are going to come in because I think for the most part, the Cavaliers are going to be set in their guard rotations when you talk about Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, uh, Dylan Windler, and Matthew Dellavedova moving forward with maybe a sprinkle of Broderick Thomas. And it remains to be seen what Jetty Oseman's role is going to be like uh, with the team moving forward. He's really got a lot, to, a lot of work to do to climb back into the rotation as a uh, full-time member. Uh, when you go over to the front court, however... You're looking at a stacked front court. You have Kevin Love, Jared Allen. Those are the presumed starters once health is factored in. You have Larry Nance Jr. who's going to get near starters minutes. He's just pretty much your your glue guy, your do-everything man. You have Dean Wade who figures to get significant minutes as he has been. Uh, provides, you know, like as I already said, he's just a, a good luck charm at this point in time. You have Torian Prince, who you might be able to slide down to the three, um, you know, on a on a good night, good rotation. Uh, he's not going to be a starter, but he could definitely fill some minutes up at the three and four positions. And now you have Isaiah Hartenstein, who will see minutes predominantly at the center position, but can fill in at power forward from time to time. So who's the odd man out? I, I, you know, at this point, I it remains to be seen because you have so many bodies, so many good bodies, and that's not even to mention Lamar Stevens, who, who might be an unfortunate casualty unless they decide to move him to the uh, the three full time, and he doesn't get any minutes at the power forward spot. You could really play him in a small ball lineup, but who the odd man out would be, I just don't know, and that's it, it's a good thing too because that would stress me out. JB is definitely going to have a difficult time trying to sort this rotation out, this lineup out, and, you know, force a guy to really play on the bench. I know that there's going to be a lot of matchup-based lineups from, you know, game to game. I know we're not going to see guys every single night. Hell, we might not even see Isaiah Hartenstein every single night once this team returns to full strength. But... That's just one of the reasons why I'm glad that I'm not in charge of figuring out who is going to be, you know, on the bench moving forward. JB is going to have a hell of a time trying to figure that out. Uh, Lastly, the last thing that I want to cover, man, is just what are the Cavaliers really aiming to do? Like, 
every single game that, you know, we, we sit down, we watch, we wonder to ourselves as Cavalier fans, I'm sure I'm not alone in this line of thought that, man, I, we, we, we want to win games. We want to get to the point where we can make the playoffs. But at the same time, it's clear that this team is at least one good draft pick away from being an an actual playoff contender, an actual team that can maybe win a series or two. We're just obviously we're just not there yet. Um, a lot of criticism has been hurled towards the Cavaliers' decision and really Kobe Altman's decision to draft Isaac Okoro. Uh, they're almost certainly going to be uh, drafting another wing player in this upcoming draft. I know we're not really in position right now to draft for position over need, you know, uh, talent over need. However, you want to phrase that. They're just going to probably end up taking another wing, whether that be Kate Cunningham, Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Green, somebody like that. I just don't know yet. We don't know how the standings are going to break out, but one has to wonder what is the primary focus on right now. As a player, I've echoed this sentiment uh, many times. As a player, you would think that you would want to, you know, always win every single game. And I'm sure that's how they feel. But as an organization, the higher-ups, how do they feel about this? Do they want to continue to win? Do they want the team to be in position to have a potential top three pick? I don't know. And I, I'm conflicted on this. I Like, I seriously don't know how to feel. I mean, you guys let me know how you're feeling. Do you want a draft pick that's that high or do you want to be in the playoffs? Because you're probably you're obviously not going to get both. The trade deadline's passed. You're not going to see some some first round pick just fly into Cleveland's hands. It's just not gonna happen. Um I don't know. We'll have to see. And it's going to definitely be an interesting next couple of months. Yeah, you know, as we close out this second half of the season. Uh, either way, I'm here to stay, you know, faithful Cleveland fan. And I know that there are valid points in both lines of thought. If you get that first, you know, that that top pick, you're obviously going to draft Cade Cunningham, right? And who wouldn't be excited about that? You know, potentially pairing Colin Sexton, Darius Garland, and uh, Cade Cunningham with the with the core that you already have in place you're you know if that did happen you're probably going to see them slide Otsuka core to the bench that'd probably be the most likely outcome to me but you know you just never know how this team is thinking you I I've given up a long time to go trying to figure out who the Cavaliers are going to draft because they always either piss me off or uh draft somebody completely out of left field uh it's just happened too many times in their um their recent past so i've given up on trying to decide that whoever the team drafts i'm sure it'll be somebody who will be impactful from day one at this point we already got a defender in okoro now we need another wing who can score and if that is cunningham if that is kaminga if that is green great if we're not man it's gonna feel like this season was a waste and, uh, you know, I know from a developmental standpoint, it's it's always great. But as far as another season gone by without playoffs, it's going to suck. But, you know, that it is what it is. Uh, we're not over with this rebuild yet. It's going to continue to take a couple of more years. Um, you know, maybe maybe just one, hopefully. 
but we we just don't know yet. We we really don't know how the organization uh, views this certain topic. We don't know where they stand at. Before I close out today's episode, just a couple of quick thoughts and a question for you. Who is Cleveland's best player at this point in time? Me, you know, if you listen to the episode, I think it's pretty clear. I said it, Colin Sexton. The team's leader is Darius Garland. But who do you guys think Cleveland's true cornerstone is at this point in time? Because they're going to have a lot of decisions to make come draft time. They finish with that number one overall pick. You know they're almost certainly going to get Cunningham and they could potentially move one of these guys to the bench. Uh, my money's on like Isaac Okoro, but we'll have to see. Um, Sexlin tonight finished with a collective 59 points and 12 assists. So please do not say anymore. Please don't even let the words come out of your mouth that these guys can't win games together and that they can't coexist because it's just not true. Lastly, what is Cleveland's ideal rotation at full strength? Would love to know you guys' thoughts on that. I know I've asked that on previous episodes, but man, Cleveland just keeps finding ways to take uh, you know backup players and turning them into serviceable uh, contributors, some starters. Um, Isaiah Hardenstein, you know, probably could start on at least a few teams in this league with the way that he's played. We, we know we've seen the skill set and we saw him really hint at it in a pregame interview against the Jazz in his first game where he talked about, you know, being able to do more, having a, a much more diverse skill set, but just, you know, it wasn't his role. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes you just have to play your part. If you're playing behind, you know, a superstar player or, you know, much better players or guys who really just, you know, are more established, frankly, sometimes your role is uh, minuscule and you're not asked to do as much. We've already seen Hartenstein step out, hit some threes. We've seen some excellent passing from him. And we already knew that, you know, he was going to be a solid rebounder. So, you know, it's just it just goes to show Hartenstein is the real deal. So I just want to know from you guys who who should fit into Cleveland's perfect rotation at full strength. Uh, you guys can hit me up with that on Twitter, as always, at it's Cavalier underscore pod. Love to see your answers on that. Uh, with that being said, you know, you guys have a good day.